for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! Welcome in to the Blitz Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz. And unfortunately, we are not joined by Tyler today as expected. He is licking the wounds of this past weekend, his notoriously cold take on Joe Burrow being more clutch than Justin Herbert, um, that is notoriously, notoriously cold take that the Vikings would beat the Lions. What? Yeah, absolutely. Insane. That one. I was about to say, in <laughs> fairness, we also all had that notoriously cold take, but <laughs> you know, it is, yeah, we're just we're just pointing out Tyler right now. It's it, it was you know, it was his team, his Vikings team. That's it's a hell of a loss, man. It's nice not to hear AJ Brown throwing in your face, so you gotta throw something back. <laughs> Very true. I, I it's time for me to start throwing my own punches, you know. I some sort of self sit there in the punching mechanism. Bag. For the yeah, last exactly. God knows how long. So I have to throw sh- cheap shots at the people who aren't even here. <laughs> Jeez, and I, we do it to you all the time. So <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. In my face. But I would like to get this out of the way, guys. All right. I would like to issue a public apology for my picks this past Sunday. Now. I took a lot of hot ones, all right? I did. I get it. And the ones that I have listed here that really were just bad beats, okay? So I had the Jets, but three of us had the Jets, all right? I, but in hindsight, I would have picked the Eagles. Like, obviously, in hindsight, I would have picked the Eagles. Like, it doesn't – why do I want to keep leaving the Jets? I don't know. But then I picked only one out of all of us four to pick the Bengals, and they crushed me. I was the only one out of us four to pick the Bears – and that crushed me. See, I will give myself some credit or uncredit. I did not know that Justin Fields was not starting in this game. I'll give myself so, some uncredit. Yeah, I'm taking away some credit. That I mean, that I can't. That's not even an excuse. <laughs> I just wasn't paying the fuck attention, which is my fault. And the Ravens, that was a solo pick that I had that ended up bad. And the Broncos was a solo pick that I had that ended up bad. So. I'm sorry if any of you took the money lines and the spreads in these games and yeah, used I'm not, me. For, I'm not happy with you because yeah, I, I, I put, I put my other I put my parents' house members. on the parlay that of all the ones that you took that yeah. we all didn't. So the IRS has been in my house all day. Oh, so, that's not a cool. Man. I bet. I bet the IRS done. is all over everybody's well, house. Well, it's the IRS's house picks. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, you paid attention to the three well-minded and capable other podcast members that we have here at the blitz for their picks because my picks were absolutely atrocious i'm sorry everyone i really didn't think the broncos were going to beat the chiefs i thought they would definitely cover the spread and that didn't even happen so yeah just a public apology you know i'm sorry i'll try to do better going forward with my game day picks and paying attention to whether or not the starting quarterback is starting in that game or not I promise to do better. (laughs) So now that my public apology is out there and has been addressed for all to hear, let's dive into some football, shall we? And 
The first game that we are going to cover is the Monday night football game that we were all looking forward to this past week. And that was the Patriots against the Bills in a crazy weather game. It was snow was coming down hard before the game. Not a lot of snow during the game, but there were wind gusts up to 50 miles per hour. Absolutely insane. And the Patriots come out on top in this one, 14 to 10. The Patriots now sit at nine and four and the bills drop down to seven and five. And some of the initial takeaways, me and Jaden were talking about the pot or talking before the podcast about this. And I thought it was a very interesting point that we should talk about. And the Patriots get it done without Mac Jones. So Mac Jones did start in this game. Don't, don't get the message twisted, but he barely started in this game. He went two for three and 19 yards. So I want to ask you guys, have we been exaggerating Mac Jones' impact on the Patriots? Because we had him in the MVP conversation for a little bit, but it's really hard to make that conversation. We? we? Oh, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, Tyler was the highest among all of us, but he He's was really definitely piling on Tyler today. I know. <laughs> if this weekend wasn't already bad enough. Hey, man, I get plenty of hate when I'm on. I'm not on the pod. It honestly makes me laugh when I'm editing the podcast in my classes. But anyway, have we been exaggerating Mac Jones' impact on the Patriots? Jaden, I'll start with you. I think a little bit. Like, I still think he's probably the rookie of the year just because he's going to be the quarterback of, I mean, what looks like it's going to be a division winner now. And Jamar Chase has kind of tailed off and been reduced to a average starter above average starter but I definitely think you know the fact that they were able to still put up 14 points when literally one dimension like you want to talk about a one-dimensional offense this there was one dimension in the Patriots offense and it was running the ball in between the tackles all night and they just kept going back to I Bill Belichick is a maniac like I texted you got he QB sneaked on third and five who does that no one Bill. does that. No one that has ever done Bill. that. One of the military branch schools. Yeah, I was about to say, like, <laughs> he's finally living out his dream to run the Air Force offense. Like, he's nuts. He's nuts. But, yeah, I definitely think that Mac Jones may have been a bit overhyped just because, you know, it, it's scheme. Brian Hoyer could have won the game tonight. I mean, you put anybody, you could have put Nikhil Harry at quarterback tonight. It would have been no difference. Fair, fair. I will say, I will play devil's advocate a little bit here. The Patriots would not have won this game with putting up only 14 points had it not for, had it been, well, no, that's not how I want to say it. They would have not won the game if it weren't for the wind that was in this game. So they technically, like, you need Mac Jones in a regular game here, but in this kind of game where you can't really throw the ball because 50 mile per hour wins, you don't need him because it's not a necessity. Mitchell, what you think? I still think that the Patriots would dominate in the trenches regardless. They have a better offensive line than the Bills' defensive line. They have a better defensive line than the Bills' offensive line. And the Bills can't run the football. They just like to play that gritty type of football. Granted, it was in Buffalo, so home field advantage could have come into play a little more if it wasn't for such drastic weather conditions. But we still saw it. They only threw the – three passes in this game and they dominated in the trenches. So I, I, they just might be better constructed for these gritty type of games than the bills. For sure. And it comes back to the old argument, man. Like 
Tom Brady being a system quarterback, and he obviously proved that that was not true going to Tampa Bay, but you've got another system quarterback here in Mac Jones. So, I mean, it's kind of the same argument coming back all over again with Bill and his quarterback. <clears throat> so, good discussion there. Uh, but let's dive into the Bills side of things, which they took the loss in this one, and that means that they have dropped to the seventh seed in the AFC after having one of the top spots before this game. You've got the Chargers sitting in the fifth seed. You've got the Bengals sitting in the sixth seed, and you've got the Bills sitting in the seventh seed. And firmly on their tails, you've got Jaden's own Pittsburgh Steelers and a balling Indianapolis Colts right now. So their upcoming schedule, you've got at the Bucks, the Panthers, at the Patriots, the Falcons, and then the Jets to finish off the year. Are you guys wary of the Bills' playoff chances now, sitting at the seventh spot in the AFC? Jaden? I mean, as we've seen so far this year, seeding means absolutely nothing. The Bills can still end up with the one seed. Like, I mean, they could have the one seed in two or three weeks. Like, that's, that's how tight the AFC is right now. Uh, so I'm not completely wary of their playoff chances. I do think, though, that the division is going to be very hard for them to get now with the consistent flat line, high floor brand of football that the Patriots play. They're not going to lose too many games. And the game that they would have to win probably to win that division is going to be in New England. So like you, you lose your home game against the team that you're going to be fighting with. It's going to be really tough for them to win that division, but I definitely still think that they could get a wild card spot. For sure. I mean, Tyler was talking a lot about it on last pod that it was going to be the biggest game of Sean McDermott and Josh Allen's career together so far. And it did not end up going their way. Mitchell, are you wary of the Bills playoff chances going forward? I mean, at this point, you kind of have to be wary of the Bills. They started as a, team that we all were thinking was a Super Bowl contender, but they were playing lackluster competition all year. And now that they're finally facing like decent opponents, they're kind of showing themselves. They're seven and five now after an amazing start. They have probably only two really tough games left. So you got to imagine they finish above 500. I think they managed to make the playoffs, especially looking at one seat above them, the Bengals. They play the 49ers. They play the Broncos, they play the Ravens, play the Chiefs, and they play the Browns. There might be – the Broncos might be the easiest game in there, depending on what the Ravens are looking like coming up based on injuries. But they I, – I, I just don't see this team missing the playoffs, even with two hard games coming up. I mean, the Panthers, Falcons, and Jets, you got to imagine they should be able to handle that pretty easily still. Right. If you look at their projected record, like, yeah, you're going to get wins against the Panthers, Falcons, and Jets. And, I mean, Bucks and Patriots, you got to steal one of those. But if you do get the three wins, you're sitting at 10 wins. But 10 wins won't necessarily get it done this year because of the extra game. So you need to catch one of those games at the Patriots or at the Bucks, which will be very hard to do. But we'll wait and see. We will wait and see. Uh, last thing I want to note, a um, couple of notable performances from this game. Obviously, it was a run-dominated game with the crazy win we had going on. Ramondre Stevenson led the backfield tonight, 24 carries, 78 yards. And the reason 
he out dominated Damian Harris on the carry so much is because Damian Harris was on and off injured throughout most of the game. Uh, but Damian Harris still did finish with a solid stat line, 10 carries, 111 yards and a touchdown. He did have the super long touchdown run to start the game off with the scoring, but you know, still that explosiveness is there out of those two running backs. So you'd love to see that. All right. Well, guys, let's hop into the week 13 recap, shall we? And we will start with Mitchell McDonald's Los Angeles Chargers absolutely stomping all over the Bengals on Sunday, 41 to 22 with the dub. The Chargers put them put themselves back into playoff position, sitting at seven and five. And the Bengals dropped to seven and five at the exact same record. So. Mitchell, I'll start with you, man. What'd you think? What were were some of your, some of your thoughts? We finally decided that it was time to unleash Herbert. Apparently we haven't been throwing it deep all year for, there might've been like two or three games in there where we called more than one or two deep passes. And they're finally letting Herbert eat. I mean, granted the Bengals, they were pretty beaten up on the offensive line. Burrow did end up dislocating his pinky in this game but honestly Burrow looked better after he dislocated his pinky overall this team we finally <laughs> we let a team come back on us and then we put them in the grave again after we were up 24 nothing it's just nice to see us actually finish a game even without Joey Bosa our pass rush looked good which is all that's been a concern this entire season and it's just nice for us to finally put a game together that is not a complete nail biter in the last two minutes of the game. Sure. Sure. And one thing that I saw that was really impressive out of you guys was the run defense. I really thought that that's what the game was going to come down to. I mean, the Bengals have really just dominated the run game prior to this game uh, with Joe Mixon and Joe Mixon finished with less than 60 yards on the ground and the Chargers' run defense led up a combined 96 rushing yards total. So that's all, guys. You I've were saying it for you weeks. were allowing you guys were allowing like 150 yards a game prior to this. I've so I've been saying it for weeks. Only one team has rushed for above four yards per carry on us since the bye week, and it was the Eagles who ran the entire game, pretty much. Other yeah. than that, we've devoted a lot of attention to it. For sure, for sure. Good for you guys, man. Getting getting back on the horse in this one, but. One guy who's struggling to get on the horse right now is Mr. Joey Football himself, Joe Burrow. He continues to struggle in this game. He went 24 for 40, 300 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Like you said, he did dislocate his pinky in the middle of the game, but he is expected to play in week 14. So if you got him on your fantasy roster, if you're a Bengals fan, don't worry too much. But you can be worried about Joe Burrow's recent performances. He has an interception in every game but three this year, and he leads the league with 14 interceptions. He has five interceptions in his last four games, and he has less than 200 yards in two of the last four games. And granted, the Bengals have been very run-dominated during this period, but still, that's not what you want to see out of your QB1. But something I wanted to bring up that we talked a lot about last week was whether or not you would rather have Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow as your franchise quarterback. And what it came down to was the clutch factor. And Tyler was very adamant that Joe Burrow was 
very much more clutch than Justin Herbert. And he's more emotional and yada, yada, yada. And on the surface, you know, that looks like a great argument. Like you could picture it in your head, Joe Burrow, like game winning drive, like getting all hype. Like, I feel like you could just picture that, like, oh, that makes sense. But that's what I took a deeper dive into the stats for this one. Okay. He had zero points in the fourth against the Chargers. He threw an interception at their own 15 or at the Chargers 15 yard line. He threw an interception with 8.07 left to play in the game in the fourth quarter. If he throws a touchdown there, if they just get a touchdown there, they are within one possession of the game at that point. And this game is not a blowout like it appears on paper, you know? You put yourself in winning position, but he just couldn't do that. And Burrow in the fourth quarter this year has absolutely stunk. He's 30th in passing yards, second in INTs, compared to Justin Herbert, who's second in passing yards in the fourth quarter and third in touchdowns, and the the, fu- the nail in the coffin of this argument is if you look at their careers so far, and granted, Joe Burrow did not play a lot last year, but Joe Burrow in his career so far has one comeback and two game-winning drives. Justin Herbert has six comebacks and eight game-winning drives. So if you're wondering who's more clutch, give me Justin Herbert. <laughs> give me Justin Herbert. All right, that's all I got to say. Some of the notable performances in this game, Justin Herbert, talking a lot about him. He went 317 and three touchdowns. Mike Williams got back on track in this one. Five catches, seven targets, 110 yards. Keenan Allen had a little nice game. Five catches, 34 yards, and two touchdowns. And on the Cincinnati side, T. Higgins has really been busting out lately. Nine catches on 14 targets, 138 yards, and a touchdown. Rest of season, you guys taking T. Higgins or Jamar Chase? Jaden? Fantasy wise, probably still going Jamar Chase. However, I think that the gap that most people had between those two is definitely closing. Like, I mean, I'm at the peak, peak of Jamar and like the lowest of low for T. Higgins, which I believe was probably around the same time. Like, Jamar Chase was like three or four, and T. Higgins was like low 20s, early 30s. Like, that was like really. weird like and now it's like what jamar chase probably sitting him around 10 and t higgins like 18 19 something like that like he's really closed the closed the gap but i still am taking jamar chase rest of the season okay fair mitchell yeah i gotta take jamar for the rest of the year i kind of imagined higgins was gonna go off this week because asante was out and tavon campbell Campbell. is horrendous even though he had a touchdown in this game and Kane, I can tell you were looking at my Instagram story with that uh, five game game winning drives this week. I kind of had to plant that in your brain before yeah, you made the dude. notes. Oh, Let yeah. Tyler know. That's where you definitely <laughs> manifested the thought. Me personally, uh, to put an end to this debate, I am taking Jamar Chase, but. <laughs> I really do think that T Higgins down this stretch where the Bengals need wins, they aren't really going to be looking for the pig play a whole lot, especially with Joe Burrow throwing all the picks that he has recently. And he proved in this game that T Higgins is his safe target. So it's a lot. T Higgins, like I know Jamar Chase was like the big play, but T Higgins in back-to-back weeks has like literally jumped over somebody to catch a touchdown pass of more than 30 yards. Yeah, more than 30, but it's not a 70-yard bomb that it would be to Jamar Chase, you know? 
Well, Jamar Chase had a 70-yard bomb and then handed it. <laughs> no stripes. <laughs> to a Chargers defensive back. Very true. So, the better Mike Davis. 14 targets in a game where you were playing behind in most of the game. That's obviously your safe target, you know? So I think there's definitely a case to be made that T. Higgins might be the better option rest of the season. But give me Jamar Chase with all the potential there. <clears throat> all right. Well, let's dive into our next game we have on the slate. And I imagine Jaden is very excited to talk about this one. We had the best rivalry in football showcased in the 430 window on Sunday. And it was a fun one to watch, man. The Steelers come out on top in this one, 20 to 19. With the loss, the Ravens dropped to eight and four. And with the win, the Steelers moved to six, five, and one. Initial takeaways or biggest takeaways from this one Big Ben comes away with the win after a game winning drive. And this comes with extra weight because there was a report earlier in the week that Ben has informed the Steelers that this is his last year with the organization. As I'm saying that, I can I can feel the heat of Jaden's behind his eyes, you know, just heating up because I know he wants to cry. I know it's okay, man. It's okay. This is this is a safe space to cry. Don't don't worry about it. But Big Ben really came out clutch in this one. Showed up flashes of his old self. He had led an 11 play, 69 yard drive to put the Steelers up seven. And then for all of those who watch the game or watch the highlights, the Ravens marched down the field scored the touchdown, went for two because they were, they were going to be without Marvin Marlon Humphrey in overtime. So they went for two, and they didn't get it, so they lose by one. So makes Big Ben's drive the game-winning drive. Um, put this rivalry in perspective. I mentioned it last week. Steelers have won seven in the last ten matchups, and now Tarlin, uh, Tomlin versus Harbaugh. Tomlin has 16 wins, and Harbaugh has 14, so Harbaugh cannot even it up in this one. And I know Jaden wants to make – a great case for TJ Watt here. And let me set the stage for that <laughs> real quick. He had three and a half sacks in this one, three tackles for loss, which is balling out against how can you manage to get a hold of Lamar Jackson three and a half times? I'm not sure. Not a lot of humans can do that. But know. TJ Watt managed to do it. And he's balling out this year, man. He leads the league in almost every defensive category except interceptions, sacks, tackles for loss quarterback hits and he's third and forced fumbles with four so Jaden, make your case man so i know this is very 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 hot takey and obviously it's coming off a game in which he looked fantastic against a former steelers tackle and we know how good those are but i'm beginning to get the impression that tj watt just might be the best player in football and i know that screams like Ah, I don't know, because Aaron Donald exists, Miles Garrett exists, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you got guys at every position that you could definitely make a case for. But with the quarterback, whatever whatever the quarterback position has been this year being extremely inconsistent, I can't say confidently that any quarterback is the best player in the league anymore. I haven't heard anything from Aaron Donald all year. I know that he's great, and I know it's because he gets triple teamed and whatever. And this isn't Miles Garrett hate because I've – came on this podcast earlier when it was Trevon Diggs being called for defensive player of the year. And I was like, why are we not talking about miles Garrett? But TJ Watt since 2019 is leading by six in sacks. TJ Watt has 42 next close miles Garrett with 36 tackles for loss. TJ Watt has 50 next closest has 43 
QB hits. TJ Watt has 98. The next closest has 77. Strip sacks, he's third since 2019. He's leading in almost all defensive categories. I've talked about it. He's got 16 sacks and only played 10 games this year. If he plays that pace for a 17-game season, he has 25 and a half sacks, which smashes the record, like not even close. Miles Garrett has, has a chance to do that. If he's got 16 with five games left, can I mean he plays what? He plays the Vikings, plays the Chiefs, the Ravens again, Cleveland, and Tennessee. The only prominent offensive line that I'm hearing is Cleveland. Um, Cleveland. And like Kansas City's okay, but Orlando Brown cannot handle TJ Watt on a pass rush. Like he, he's just not TJ Watts too quick. And I mean, it's really hard to predict sacks, but Vikings I, I could definitely say it happened. Really well. Yeah. yeah it's played okay. It's, played it's pretty, played pretty well. solid. It's been, but holding TJ Watt, that's a different conversation. Yeah. And like, like I said, this isn't like miles Garrett slander. I think he's fantastic. I remember saying at one point that he was arguably the best defense player in football, but what TJ Watt is doing right now is like historic. And if we see him healthy all year, he might be – there's a realistic chance that if he played every game, like if he played, I think it's like the two and a half games that he missed, he could be at 20 sacks right now with five games left. Like that, it's just ridiculous. And I, and then you start – you almost have to put him in the MVP conversation. I know. If, because, like, I mean, do we win that game yesterday without T.J. Watt? Absolutely not. No. So, you know, and for a team that doesn't have an offense that really does a whole lot yeah. and when our, your secondary sucks like ours – your best pass coverage is your pass rush. And TJ Watt is our pass rush. He, he makes the whole team go. For sure. I mean, if he's sitting at 20 sacks here soon, I mean, he's top five for MVP. Uh, I, I don't know. That's hard to doubt, you know. So definitely a good case for TJ Watt there. Love to hear it. Um, all right. Well, let's dive into the Ravens side of things here. And the Ravens with this loss have dropped to the number three seed in the AFC after holding the number one spot prior to this game. And the news only gets worse because the most prominent defensive player that they have left on their team, Marlon Humphrey, has a torn peck and will be out for the rest of the season. And the concerns, like I said, just keep on going because Lamar has really struggled lately. 23 for 37, 253, a tud and an interception in this game. He has eight interceptions in his last four games. And that's that's pretty weighted on the one four interception game. But still, eight interceptions in your last four games is really bad. He had a, he was 28th in QBR in November and 22nd in this past week. And he leads the league in sacks at 37. Now, don't get it confused. Lamar isn't going out there and sacking people, but he has been sacked 37 times, oh. which is the most. Yeah. I mean, he probably could, but he has been sacked uh, the most out of any like quarterback in the league. <laughs> He's been sacked uh, the most out of any quarterback in the league. So with all this dismal, dismal environment surrounding the Ravens right now, do you think they can make it back to the number one seed? And if not, who's your favorite for the AFC number one spot, number one seed, once the season ends, who's your favorite? Jaden, I'll start with you, man. Well, after tonight, it's really hard to not say the New England Patriots. I know they're hot, and getting a bye week when you're hot isn't always the best thing, but they get a bye next week. They get the latest bye week of anybody in the league, them and obviously them and three other teams, but they get four weeks of 
I, I don't have their schedule, but I know they get the Bills. They have the advantage over them right now. They've got a whole game on everybody else in the conference. And like I said, it's a gauntlet. Like the whole AFC is a mess. You could get, you know, the Steelers could catapult to the two seed in three weeks. Like that, that could, that's a realistic possibility. Like same thing with the Colts. The Colts could catapult up into the top two or three in the next couple of weeks. But I really think that Baltimore, like, surprise, Baltimore has serious issues when you're yeah. missing. Like, Anthony Averett's going to be their CB1. Like, and it's not even going to be close. Like, it's Anthony Averett, Jimmy Smith, and whoever they can find, whoever they can see all the people's practice squads. It's and, not even like, it's not even just the cornerback problem. Like, Marlon well, Humphrey Sean, was Sean all Elliott. over the field. Like Sean he was done for the year too. So they are only running one of their starting safeties that they were planning having at the beginning of the year, not to mention, you know, Ronnie Stanley being gone. So the question becomes like, and I know he's relatively durable for a guy that's supposed to get hurt because of his play style. Um, if Lamar Jackson, let's say week 15, week 16, tweaks his ankle or his knee or something like that, throwing shoulder. Do you just call the season a wash? You're, you're still in playoff position because Lamar is going to keep them in playoff position as he has pretty much all year, kept them at least in it. And especially considering they're still leading the division and the division is clusterfuck. They're still going to be in the mix, but if you're in week 15, week 16, a couple games left, you're still in it, but Lamar's hurt. Do you try and rush him back? to get to the playoffs or to when we're, when you're in the playoffs, do you try to rush him back or do you just call the season a wash, wait till next year, get everybody healthy because you do have to pay him after this year too. So like, you know, if, if he hurts himself, that really devalues that contract and he's still going to want that max money that Josh Allen just got. And you go out there and, you know, try and force an injury on him. Comes really tough for Baltimore. Sure. And you mentioned a good point with the contract there. Honestly, Ravens can get a bargain if Lamar does get hurt. So I, well, it's and, not and like it they're running him the out there. Like I mean, if it's like hurt, a torn AC, but... if it's like a torn ACL or something like that, then yeah, it become that contract becomes a serious conversation. But if it's like a hyperextended knee or a sprained ankle, I don't think that the contract's going to go down that much. Now, if you force him out there and he goes out and breaks his ankle or something, you know, worse than that, then things get a little bit murky. But yeah. And you mentioned the division is on lock basically now. Like, I don't know. It just seems like nobody really wants to win this division except the Steelers. <laughs> like, they, they, I, who just I don't got even... blown out by a fellow division team and tied the Lions the week before that. But we'll just swipe that. Yeah. Out I mean, yeah. Nobody really like anytime that any team, like the Bengals had an op opportunity to slide farther up in the division this week, they got fucking blown out. The Browns won't ever do anything. And the Steelers, I mean, where like, I mean, it's, it's the Steelers, you know, like, are they probably not going to win the division? You know, like nobody really wants to win this division right now. So they're locked into a playoff spot, but I think that number one seed hope is definitely gone at this point. Mitchell, what you think? Oh, yeah, it's definitely gone. I don't think there's any way they can keep up with what the Patriots are doing. I think that the winner of the AFC South, regardless of it being the Titans or maybe even the Colts, ends up ahead of them. And then the AFC West, you look at them, they're right on them too. I just don't see them being able to hold off everyone enough, even if they do manage to win their division. 
to get the number one seed. Probably not even the number two seed at this point. Lamar not is even just division. complete. I mean, they'll probably win the division. Just I don't. The I lead, mean, like every team's. There's what, a chance they can't them. win it. The Bengals are what one game behind them. We are now one game behind them. I the wish Bengals a team would want to win this division because the now Bengals I do too. <laughs> Especially with the Marlon Humphrey out, like this division's up for grabs, man. And it doesn't seem like. I mean, maybe it'll light a fire under the other teams in the division. I mean, division, the but... Ravens don't exactly <sighs> have a cakewalk for the rest of the way. They've got. Cleveland, Green Bay, Cincinnati, L.A., us again. Those are five teams over 500. And Lamar was this... absolutely panicked every time in the pocket. I get the offensive line is hurt, but he's just panicking every time he's back there and there's any sort of rush to him. He's running away or throwing up a back-footed throw like to pick Dominga. You know, like, that was a terrible pick. Like, that was yeah. – I really thought he was going to do the right thing because he had been doing the right thing so far in the game. And he just like about a drive. Yeah. Like he <laughs> steps back and yeah, it's like he, that's when you throw it away. Like I was like, okay, he's going to throw it away. But then he goes up on one foot, tosses a fucking lob into the end zone to Minka. And he just comes one, hey, he comes down with it. Uh, that's easy. Dude. Like, I don't understand, man. That's what I'm talking about with this play style. But I heard a point, I forget who made it. I think it was Kurt Warner on, Good morning football this morning. But uh, he was like, you can't ask Lamar to stop doing these things because that's what made him the MVP in the first place. You know, like because it was the same thing with successfully. Yeah. Like at the beginning of the season, everybody's telling him, you know, stop running so far back in the pocket. Stop throwing these dangerous throws. That's who Patrick Mahomes is. That's what you drafted. That's what you developed. That's the MVP, Patrick Mahomes. And it just it's not working. That style of play is extremely boomer bust and when it's if it starts busting for two or three weeks in a row you're going to hear that but when it's booming no one's going to say anything still busting yeah mm-hmm. all right well good debate there on lamar and the ravens um last couple things i wanted to dive into a couple of notable performances from this one deontay johnson has really turned into a fantasy football star man eight catches on 11 targets 105 yards and two touchdowns and Devonte freeman had on the other side of the football had 14 carries 52 yards and a touchdown which isn't any crazy stat line but i think it's pretty clear this is Devonte freeman's backfield now i mean yeah. unless latavius murray had some good plays at times like i i think he ran less than 10 yards but he had a couple nice catches but Devonte freeman looked really good running against a poor run defense at that but yeah. I just want to hear, Mitchell, who do you like or who do you think is better, Deontay Johnson or uh, hmm, Terry McLaurin? Just random two players that I thought of Deontay off Johnson. the top of my head. I'm taking Deontay Johnson. <clears throat> Fair. AJ, AJ Brown or Deontay Johnson? AJ Brown. AJ Brown, no question. Honestly, that one's a toss-up. Damn it. AJ Damn Brown's it. got more it. God-given God athleticism than him. But Deontay this Johnson year, that, was that a technician than A.J. Brown. Was that question directed towards this year or, like, just in general? Well, it was. it's kind of tough because, like, no one talked about – Debo would have been sixth in that list if it was made last year versus now I like, know, people but are seeing him at second and third. So, like, it's kind of tough. Maybe, like, a total – I did my list based on the talent of each individual player. Well, like, and, 
you got the, when you're thinking of an opinion like this, you got to think of stats. You got to think of, you know, talent situate. Like it's, you know, like a whole thing. Yeah. But in case anybody was wondering, we're talking about the, uh, the Instagram question that we posed earlier today. And the TikTok uh, put, too. Yeah. And the TikTok. So go ahead and check that out. If you don't know what we're talking about. But let's dive into our next game on the slate here, and that is the 49ers falling to the Seahawks. Uh, it was a really close game down to the wire. Uh, the Seahawks moved to 4-8 and eight with their first dub since Russell Wilson's return, and the 49ers moved to 6-6 six and six with the loss. Um, some of the biggest takeaways <clears throat> – excuse me. Some of the biggest takeaways from this game, uh, Jimmy G's, we talked last week. I remember hearing a lot of fucking hate when I said that Taylor Heineke doesn't make the mistakes like Jimmy Garoppolo does. And you guys were like, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't make mistakes. I don't I haven't seen Jimmy Garoppolo make a lot of mistakes. Well, his big mistakes were on full display on Sunday. He went 20 for 30, 299 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. His first interception came on the first play of the third drive for the 49ers offense. And it was thrown on their own 23-yard line. It should have been a field goal, but Seattle missed it because it's Seattle. And then their second interception basically lost them the game. Uh, It was triple coverage on George Kittle, who they fed the entire time. And I'm super fucking pissed because why would Brandon Ayuk not take over the Debo role? He literally lost Kittle's there. I'm out of the 12. Like, I was in a 12-team league. I'm out now. I'm out because of fucking Brandon Ayuk, dude. Like – why i don't well, understand like i get it george george kittle's the safest like also, target i get all that man i, I also done, played george kittle whenever you're Which done taylor heineke has more picks this year than jimmy garoppolo by three it's i'm it's all about recency baby it's all about recents but <laughs> whatever works for his take <laughs> Yeah, well, Taylor Heineke's interceptions have not been losing him games. Like, that would basically cost him the season. Like, this might have costed the 49ers season here. And it's all because Jimmy Garoppolo threw his second interception into triple coverage. That They're 6-6 six six right now in the NFC. They're the seventh that wild seed. Card, that, oh, yeah. You right. guys are 6-6. Six and six. Are Is your season over? No. No, we're winning and they're losing, bro. Anyway. His second interception came on triple coverage against George Kittle. They fed all game, and he tried to force feed it into triple coverage, and safety didn't even have to move. It just drops into the numbers on him, and he starts taking it back. And that was basically what ended the uh, the game because Seattle scored on a touchdown after that pick, and then another point was not scored for the entire game. So we talked a little bit about it. Are your feelings changed or unchanged about the 49ers from last week, Jaden? No, I mean, again, they take you take away Debo Samuel and everything he means to that offense. It's really hard to expect them. And to why, play up to the like, same literally, level. you just you have the same fucking player in Brandon Ayuk. He's it's the not, same player. I don't, I like, don't think he can. I mean, he's not going to run the ball. Oh, like, he's you're, not. You're not going to be able to give him the ball like you do with Debo and just let him go to work. He's good, and I think that he's been he underutilized the same play all style. season. He's the same place out. Somewhat. Rack. Somewhat. Rack. But and he's not as good at it though, and that's, yeah, that's what true. makes the 49ers offense go. And when you don't have Debo Samuel being like lighting it up, you just 
you use George Kittle, who, you know, you realistically should have been using this entire time. I mean, he's arguably the second best tight end, arguably the best tight end in the league with, you know, you throw in run blocking and all that. You have that on your offense. Use that as your weapon. Not that Debo Samuel shouldn't be utilized, but I mean, you've got George Kittle and he's had multiple, he's been super inconsistent this year. I know he's had injury problems, but the four, my opinion on the 49ers is still the same. I still think they make the playoffs. I would like a little bit more ceiling at quarterback, i.e. the player that they traded up for. But, you know, we'll see it when we see it, I guess. Sure. Mitchell. I didn't get to voice my opinion on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I do think Jimmy G is better than Taylor Heineke still. He's he's just an ultimate, like, game manager. That's all he ever has been. That's all he ever will be. And dude, game managers, fair, Taylor, game, man- game has, managers, game managers don't throw interceptions into triple coverage. That is, that is not, gar- I, I guarantee that is the games that Washington has lost. Taylor Heineke has thrown their games away in the games you guys have lost. True. Single-handedly? Fuck no, man. It's been the defense. It's been our lack of a running game. It's, it's not been, and these you're losing losing games are quarterback. that I just looked up. Huh? I mean, obviously, like the Chiefs and Packers, you guys had no shot. He almost threw that. the game away against the Giants, if if not for a false start or whatever it was that Dexter or uh, offsides that Dexter Lawrence got, you lose that game. Uh, we have a Taylor Heineke debate later, okay? Let's it. Let's dive into the Taylor Heineke debate later. Ah, because I want to push the Taylor Heineke debate to the side. Media debate uh, here. I've got a little bit of statage to yeah. throw at you guys, just a little bit. You Spend know? 20 minutes on Jimmy G and versus Taylor Heineke. Let's do that. That's not the plan, but I will say Taylor Heineke's – I'm very glad I have Taylor Heineke as my quarterback right now instead of Jimmy Garoppolo. I can I'm very much happy. promise you it would be very much of the same thing. Fair. Keep that – keep, like – Taylor, even, you could argue with me right now. I do not, like – he did you? He lost in the game against the fucking Seahawks. The defense is absolutely atrocious. Atrocious. Come on, dog. Anyway, let's dive into uh, the other side of the ball, and that is Russell Wilson, kind of having his bounce back game here. Uh, he went thirty for thirty-seven, two hundred thirty-one yards, two touchdowns, and interception. And it kind of got back to the familiar Seahawks offense that we're used to seeing. Uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both involved. Lockett went seven for 68 and a touchdown. Metcalf went five and 60 yards. Um, I want to ask you guys really quickly if Seattle goes on a run here. No. You think Seattle? No. <laughs> Whatever you're about if, to ask, the answer yeah. is probably no. Seattle goes on a run. Do you see Russell Wilson saying? No, I think I don't even know if it's going to be a Russell Wilson type of decision here. And I know that Seattle obviously has an attachment to Russell Wilson because he's been one of the four or five best quarterbacks in the league for the last almost 10 years now. So I totally understand that. But this team's not winning a Super Bowl. We talked about this team is not winning a Super Bowl. It's currently constructed. You traded away your first round pick this year, so you don't have it, which could very well be a, you know, franchise flipping first round pick if you could get, you know, a you know Kayvon Thibodeau falls to you at four or something like that something great happening to you in the draft you get a great young player but that's in New York right now because you have Jamal Adams 
So you got to recoup your assets somehow. And I don't see any point in trading away DK Metcalf. And if you trade away Jamal Adams, you're just conceding defeat. So Russell Wilson and it's is the only, only asset left. Yeah. Not only is he the only asset, he's probably arguably the most toxic asset left. You know, like, I mean, DK is pretty toxic, but as far as like, I don't know, it, Russell Wilson is the owner within the clubhouse. Like nobody, a GM doesn't want that. Mitchell, do you see Russell Wilson staying if Seattle goes on a little bit of a run here? On a little bit of a run? They'd have to win their next five games and win out the rest of the season to even have a chance at this. I'm not and saying this playoffs. this team doesn't finish above, that's the only way I see him staying. You have to blow this team up if you can't win as presently constructed, which they can't. They have obvious gaps, and they don't have first-round picks coming up, so – he can show out and prove that he is still worth something and maybe Seattle gets more compensation than what they would have based on what he's been doing lately with this finger issue. But it just seems like the end of the book for him. Yeah. That's a good point that you got there. I feel like this, if they do go on a little run of little bit of a run here, the only benefit that you can take is Russell Wilson's trade value going up, you know? I think you guys. Well, that you points. don't feel as bad about having a potential top five pick if you lose out. Like you should have had a top five pick, and now you don't. Right. Yeah, you don't have to stare that in the face for the rest of the season. So that's nice. Uh, last thing I wanted to touch on in this game is why is Gerald Everett involved in Seattle's offense at all? Do you have fantasy at- stakes with this? Just, just clarifying because you texted us no. about it, and I feel like there's no reason no. that you would have to I, say that. No, I just like I'm. I'm <laughs> dumbfounded i'm dumbfounded uh seattle oc shane waldron who used to be a rams assistant uh for from 2017 to 2020 uh he brought in his old tight end not tyler higby but his old tight end from la gerald everett and he talked a lot about recently how he wanted to get him more involved in the offense and i just like i couldn't i i saw it on twitter and i was like that just doesn't like i i don't understand I even saw a quote when I was looking this up earlier that Russell Wilson was like, before this game, <laughs> he was like, hey, he's a phenomenal player. We just need to get him the ball more. And it's like, what Russ does. this is Gerald Everett, man. He had four catches on six targets in this game, seven yards. But what really stands out is the touchdown turned into interception in the third quarter. And I just like, he's compared to Tyler Lock and GK. He had that brutal <laughs> loss, like, that, that was – he caught the ball. That should have been a touchdown, and it almost costed them the game. Luckily, they scored another touchdown, but he caught it and then just kind of like, oh, fuck, I lost it, man, <laughs> and then just tossed Jamar it Chase up to moment. the DB. Yeah, it, it was a Jamar Chase moment. Even worse, it was a Gerald Everton moment. But I just don't know. Like, their target share since Russell Wilson's return, Tyler Lockett has 26, DK has 28, and Gerald Everett has 27. I just – maybe it's the tight end being safer – Maybe it's the OC trying to get him too involved. I don't understand, but I just thought that was wild. I think it's definitely the safer option there because they have been like running lock at 20 yards downfield at a minimum every play pretty much. And they don't have like, a lot of depth to receiver at all. It's not like Gerald Everett was being like the – you could tell they were trying to get him involved. Like he was the first read Why on that touchdown. Try to get DK Metcalf involved. Yeah, exactly. Like I – I don't understand why. Okay, that's fantasy stakes right there. Okay, whatever. (laughs) Fantasy stakes. Okay, really quick, pretty much unrelated. 
but I told Mitchell about it when I saw it. Do you know that Tyler Higby has been in the league longer than George Kittle? Oh, wow. I know. That doesn't even Fun seem fact. right. Fun fact. He's yeah, only been please. relevant like a year and a half. Yeah. So you're welcome, Blitzpot. <laughs> now you uh, last completely useless information. Yeah, there you go. That's all we do here at the Blitzpot is fill your head just, with useless just football. an hour of useless football talk. Yes. Uh, last thing from the 49ers, uh, Seahawks game, a couple of notable performances for you. George Kittle, we mentioned him already, had a huge game, nine catches on 12 targets, 181 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Elijah Mitchell also had a pretty nice game, 22 carries, 62 yards or 66 yards and a touchdown. And Adrian Peterson had another rushing touchdown for another team this year, and it was in this game. And with that touchdown, he's now tied for 10th all time in rushing touchdowns with Jim Brown, which is pretty cool. Love to see that. Question is, does he, does he <laughs> jump Jim Brown? Does he get another rushing touchdown this season? I know it does. I know it sounds hmm. pretty easy, but you know. Does he get, yeah. I mean, I feel like they're, do, they'll just force him at the goal line, like just to get him. Well, and I, like, I, I kind of understand what Pete Carroll does when, by bringing him in, but I mean, you've got obviously Chris Carson, but he's hurt. You've got Rashad Penny. Travis Homer, DJ Dallas, Rashad Alex Penny, Collins. a guy who you spent a second round pick. Four guys. I'm pretty sure it was a first. If I'm not yeah, mistaken. I think it might have been a first. Yeah, because everyone was like, "What? Why? Why would you do that?" The old Pete Talk Carroll got to establish the run. Yeah, like why would you? I would. I would sign 80 other running backs off any other practice squad before. Literally four. Pierce. You have you have four that are playing. Not even counting Chris Carson, that I'd rather have. Adrian Peterson must have his own like little like training camp that he just runs twenty four seven. Like that's the only the explanation that I like, have because like, like and I mean he was the most game ready of anybody that they could have signed. Like that's the only argument the that stars I to to stay ready for an NFL <laughs> workout. But like the thing is, like it's not like he's even like a big saint because he. I know it's not as bad as some other stuff, but like he had that whole thing. The the. Titans. Domestic violence. Switch. Yeah, the switch. That, yeah. Like, oh, that, that's domestic. on his resume. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like he's like a Boy Scout either. So, hey, man, that that was uh, not to get. I know it. it's. I know it's different. Like, there are a lot worse things that have happened, but like that was a big thing. That was a big thing. I agree. Anyway, all right, let's dive into a new little segment that I'm going to introduce this week. And it's very, it's very similar to a lot of the segments that we do on this podcast, but I'm throwing this name out there and see if it sticks, you know, see if we stick with this segment. But the new segment that we are introducing today is on or off the bandwagon. And I will list a multitude of teams that are on really hot streaks right now, and whether or not you're in or out on the bandwagon so we're on or off the bandwagon as i should say all right let's dive into the first team that i have as on or off the bandwagon and that is the miami dolphins man the dolphins caught another dub on sunday uh against the giants nine to twenty that win moves the dolphins to six and seven and that is their fifth straight win these wins come against the texans the ravens at the Jets, the Panthers, and the Giants. So not the not the hardest, <laughs> not the most difficult of competition there, but you did play the Ravens and you absolutely stopped them. Um, right now, they're sitting at five spots behind the AFC wildcard. Uh, you got the Chargers, the Bengals, the Steelers, the Colts, the Ravens, the Browns, all ahead of them in playoff position right now. 
But their upcoming schedule is pretty, pretty sexy for the Dolphins. I mean, you got the Jets, then you got at the Saints. Well, you've got a bye next week in week 14. Then you've got the Jets at the Saints, at the Titans, and then the Patriots finish off the year, which should be tough. But that's a pretty relatively easy schedule. And the guy that is leading this five-game charge right now is Mr. Tua Tungavailoa, who has had so much hate on this podcast. I've been the only existing podcast member supporting this man. And, dude, he has taken his team to five straight dubs in the month of November. He is ninth in passing yards among active quarterbacks. He was eighth in completion percentage among active quarterbacks and ninth in QBR amongst active quarterbacks in the month of November. He only has one interception six October, and he has multiple passing touchdowns in two of his last three games. What more does he have to show you clowns? I don't get it. Is he like, are you guys just thrown off that he throws left-handed? Like, is that it? Like you just don't fuck with the left-handed quarterback. That's what I assumed. Cause I mean, I can't find any other reasoning. So, Jaden, I'll ask you first, man. Are you on or off the Miami Dolphins bandwagon? I think the fact that you haven't had a good quarterback in almost 10 years now, you just – Oh, 100%. These guys. Yeah. 100%. So, he's, he's, a limited, he's a limited ceiling guy. He's Taylor Heineke. He's, he's a top 10 Buffalo. quarterback since the start of November. I thought you were about to – I thought you were about to say something – Thought you were about to say he's a top ten quarterback. We would I'm only telling you what the stats are telling me though. He's a top ten quarterback <laughs> since the start of November. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think he's a. Do you think I don't? I don't think he's a top twenty quarterback in the NFL right now. There are a lot of guys that I'd take over him. Age, age independent doesn't like this season. I'm taking Big Ben over Tua. Big Ben over Tua right now. I'm taking Big Ben over Tua. Okay. I was like a huge Dolphins hater. Like I was like, this is a sneaky worst team in the league contender other than play, Texans, uh, Lions, Jets. Like they probably should have made the playoffs last year also. Yeah, well, but you got to think that's all we've talked. We talk about it every fucking podcast. Led by Ryan Turnover, turnover dependent defenses. And they did that all last year. he is and right then, around 20 there. Yeah. He's all right. Sitting- so guys right in this range. Right, right? now. Okay, so I'm taking him over Daniel Jones, over Baker Mayfield, over uh, Russell Will. Uh, well, not Russell Sam Wilson. Darnold. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's no. Taking him Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff. I'm not taking him over Trevor Lawrence. Give me Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Uh, Jimmy G, Ben Roethlisberger, Ryan no. Tannehill, no. Teddy Bridgewater. No. I'm taking them all over all of those quarterbacks. That's eight. That's only like eight guys, though. If I'm not mistaken. Justin so Fields, Jameis Winston, Trevor they, Simeon, Zach they, Wilson. See, I might. Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, Tyrod's an easy one to take him over. Yeah. All right. So that's what I list off like 15 quarterbacks there. That's the top 15 quarterback. That was like 11. I don't know if I had most. 15. That we'll have good. to we'll have to do some more in depth. Yeah, I'll come. We'll have to I'll do some pre- serious counting here off screen. Yeah. But, but yeah, but yes, Kane, I am on the Dolphins bandwagon <laughs> anyway. And as someone who has not been on the podcast with you in a while, I actually kind of like Tua. It's mostly just Tyler go. and Jaden that hate him. 
Now, Dave, granted, I, I, this ahead. team will probably not make the playoffs. They'll end up with, with a winning record like they did last year and miss the playoffs because they have a pretty easy schedule. And the Dolphins somehow in December managed to beat the Patriots almost every time when they're in Miami because apparently for some reason New England is not used to 70-degree weather in December huh. and just sucks every time, even when Brady was there. So like, you're on the Dolphins okay. bandwagon. I like it. I'm on I the Dolphins say, bandwagon too. Look at their upcoming schedule. I will bro. say I'm coming. I'm coming around to Tua. I am coming around to Tua. I'm not. I don't hate him as much as I did last year. I will go out. And Do say you that. hate him as much as you did Tua. last week? It's huh? definitely like I'm saying. It's it's coming. He's coming around to me. Like I'm. And then yeah, five straight wins. You have do Phillips that and you. Holland on the defensive end. Phillips and Holland are both Phillips coming around really as promising rookies for coming. them. Mm-hmm. And then and you got, still got the secondary. Javon Holland is, I've, yeah, sneaky. Then you got Xavier yeah. Howard, Byron Jones. Like this defense doesn't play either. I'm I'm on the bandwagon. Count me in, Jaden. You're officially out. Mitchell is officially on. All right, good shit, guys. I'm Next team. On the football team now. You you left me no choice. Next team I'm gonna dive into is as Jaden just alluded to the Washington football team they crank out their fourth straight dub against the vegas raiders on sunday that moves them to six and six and the raiders fall to six and six as well but like i said this is washington's fourth straight win here these wins come against the bucks at the panthers the seahawks and at the eagles which are all difficult matchups there dude you go the bucks obviously a very difficult matchup you go at the Panthers in Cam Newton's return, which is like, that's kind of a difficult matchup there. And then you got the Seahawks, who had not played great so far this year, not going to lie to you, but it's still Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. And then you've got the Eagles. Wait, no, we have not won a game against the Eagles. What am I talking about? We haven't played them we yet. We haven't even played <laughs> the Eagles yet. I don't it even mean it. The past on, it was yeah, literally I mean yesterday. the Raiders. It was literally yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I know. It says it right above that. <laughs> yeah, I have no clue what I'm talking about. But we did beat the Raiders, Optimistic. who were in playoff position <laughs> prior to this game. So these wins, really solid. They currently have the first NFC wildcard spot. The second wildcard spot, as we mentioned, is owned by the Niners. Uh, the team's currently in the hunt and on our tails. We got the Eagles sitting at six and seven. Then you've got the Vikings, Panthers, Falcons, and Saints sitting at five and seven. And what's really interesting about the Washington football team's upcoming schedule is that they are all against NFC East opponents. We play the Cowboys twice. Yeah, we are in control of our own destiny here. We play the Cowboys twice. We play the Eagles twice. And then we finish the Giants at the Giants in week 18. So if we win out, we win the division. And what we're doing right now really well, this is my my full defense of the Washington football team because I didn't really get an opportunity last week. That I mentioned that they have been really controlling time of possession. And that has been absolutely the biggest reason why we have been able to win all of these games during this four-game stretch. Against the Bucks, we had 30 minutes, uh, 39 minutes uh, possession versus 20. And what really what it comes down to is being able to get Gibby involved, finally healthy, coming off that shin injury. Seems like he's finally healthy, and we've got him involved a lot over this four-game stretch. Like I said, 39 versus 20 minutes possession versus the Bucks. Gibson had 24 carries in that one. And the at the Panthers, 35 minutes versus 24 minutes. Gibson had 19 carries. 
against the Seahawks, 41 minutes versus 18 minutes. Gibson had 29 carries. At the Raiders, 33 versus 26. Gibson had 23 carries. Antonio Gibson had 20-plus carries in only two games prior to this. So if we can just get Gibby involved and control that time of possession, that really means something for us. we got the defense stepping up right now. And Heineke is avoiding the mistakes, unlike Jimmy Garoppolo. He has six touchdowns, only two interceptions since October, and he has 72% or higher completion percentage in all four games during the streak. So now that I've fully defended my Washington football team, are you in or out on the bandwagon? Jaden, I'll start with you. Okay, so what do you define as in or out on the bandwagon? Are you? Do you think the Redskins are going to continue the on who? the uh, what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry Is if there I a offended. In the NFL? Yeah, I know. I'm. Just, I just threw out a derogatory comment. I really apologize. <laughs> anyway, do you think the Redskins? We do don't condone Redskins, that here at the Blitz. <laughs> do you think the Washington Football Teams holds on to a wild card spot in the NFC? Jaden? I would have to look at the 49ers and Vikings schedule. Just because the Vikings are struggling with injuries and so are the 49ers. 49ers doesn't matter, bro. Doesn't matter. You guys have the same team construction. No, I'm saying we are both in the playoffs right now. Yeah, but I'm saying like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But. Yeah, I think they could definitely hold on to a wild card spot. I don't think they're going to win the division. I will say, though, if you guys play an offense that doesn't shoot themselves in the foot like the Bucs did against you guys, that's good, unlike the Panthers, the Seahawks in their current state, and the Raiders in their current state, i.e. the Cowboys twice, you guys might be in trouble because you can hold on to the ball for 40 minutes. You can have a 10-minute possession but if they go down and score in two minutes, it's tie game. And you just keep doing that over and over again. It's whoever gets the ball last. Yeah, and but if we keep holding it on to for 10 minutes, how many touchdowns are they actually going to put up? You know, it's there's not a there's not a lot of opportunity for I, I, back and forth when we're holding uh, holding on to the ball 10 minutes at a time. But when truly elite cornerback Trevon Diggs is on the other side, you know. Could definitely make things interesting getting the ball, taking the ball away from that. Uh, you know, you're just throwing shots time at me. control. That, oh, no, I am for 100%. That's 100%. not even a smart fucking point. You're just throwing it shots is a smart point. If they can create turnovers <laughs> when you guys are trying to control the clock, if they can create those turnovers, like you know, you get a big long drive and you get no points out of it, that's big. And well, we are a lot less prone to turnovers with this style of play. We've been running the ball through the ground right now. And what is Taylor his Heine- situation with the stress fracture, though? Because from what I understood, like, I know that a bye week is nice, but isn't a stress factor a spe- yeah, stress fracture, especially one that he had played on for weeks and weeks on end? Doesn't that doesn't that hurt? Apparently not. Most people play fucking balling out lately. I agree. Gibby's been playing great. It heals over uh, so, time. Somehow, every time every time I rob somebody in a trade, I end up like it ends up either being dead even or I end up losing like three weeks down the line. Like that's just that's just how it is. Yeah, Mitchell, on or off the bandwagon for Washington football team? I'm standing next to it because I don't think you guys Sorry, will do great down the stretch. But honestly, eight and nine could make the playoffs at this point. And 
the Eagles have been playing well and the Cowboys have been playing well. And the only team that I truly think you guys have to worry about are the Eagles stealing that last spot. It's five games in division. Cowboys is going to be rough both times. We don't have to Eagles, worry about them because we play them twice. I mean, we you have to easily worry about split them. With them. You could very easily split with them, and they've already played the Cowboys once, so they have the hardest team in the division out of the way. You got to imagine that this team is probably your biggest threat to take that last wild card seed with the way the Vikings are playing with all these injuries. Panthers just fell off the face of the earth. The Falcons are the Falcons, and the Saints without Adam Kamara have literally nothing on offense. You're right. It really does come down to beating the Eagles twice. That we have to beat the Eagles twice, which I think the way we're the brand of football we're playing right now, we could beat anybody just because, like, like I said, if our defense, (laughs) yeah, our day, like, if our if we can control time and possession, and something I haven't really mentioned a lot is defense, like, we are playing like a top five defense again, and we were a top five defense last year, so why wouldn't we be that way this year? Granted, no Chase Young, but. We are playing better without it. Well, the thing is, you guys were, like you said, you're a top five defense last year, and I know you ran into the eventual Super Bowl champions. But, I mean, did you think you guys any any no matter who you played last year, do you think you guys make it out of the wild card? What last year? No. Do you think you guys make it out of the wild card this year? You're gonna face. You're gonna face either the. We have a lot better chance. You're because Heineke, Heineke, Hmm. that was his first start. You're probably going to run into the back. You guys end up playing the two seed, though, if you make Herb it. stomped you last time yeah. you guys played in Lambeau. But I'm not like – last year I was like, okay, I don't give a fuck. Like, we're probably going to lose the wild card. Like, that's not my mentality this year. Like, we're playoff I mean, team. It, you got to play the Bucks, the Cardinals, or the Packers pretty much. Do you think you can beat any of those teams? Did we, didn't we just beat the Bucks? Yeah, I might they, be wrong. After Brady threw like three picks in the first quarter, some crazy shit like that. That you know why that is though. Turnover. We're good defense, and oh, Brady has God. had an interception God. in like six or seven straight games now. Okay, his um, interception on Sunday yeah, was, two a, was to a three hundred pound defensive lineman. Still, man, uh, like we force in it. Like it don't six? don't try to blow it uh, blow it off as like oh Brady picks are just. I am gonna blow. It, like no, the game that you all times had, this last game. Yeah, the <laughs> game that you all played, he they kept shooting themselves in the foot. You guys played great down the stretch, the whole eleven minute drive to finish the game. That's great. If the Bucks play you guys again, they probably curb stomp you. All right, I mean, you got to look at the same, a sample size, dog. We beat them, so it's, how can you say that? And we played them closer than anybody else in the playoffs last year. So maybe we're just the Bucks kryptonite. Maybe that's their schedule. Record are, are, the Bronco, are the Broncos that. better than you guys? Every, every team that you guys have lost to, are they? Are we better than the Bills? Like, have you guys seen the uh, the, the NFL the, circle of uh, it? I think I don't know what it's. Yeah, called, I saw but, like the Chargers, the Ravens, and the yeah. The well, Steelers like every team, every, like oh, there's an argument to be made that the Lions are better than any other team in the NFL because of who has beat who. And it's it was like a circle graphic. I don't know. It was funny. But anyway, count me in on the Washington bandwagon. Count Jaden out on the bandwagon. And Again, Mitchell it's tr- on the it's side. tricky. It's tricky. I think I'm going to be like on the side, but a little I'm bit. I'm running next gonna, to it just in case. Okay, so <laughs> the bandwagon's here. 
Mitchell's standing next to it and like running with it. I'm like standing over here, like still like half jogging. I'm trying to figure out if I want to jump on or not. Okay. All right. Fair. <laughs> I'm half jogging. <laughs> Let's dive into our last bandwagon <laughs> on or off team that we have here. And I imagine it's going to be a consensus. Uh, the Chiefs moved to their sixth straight win after catching the dub on Sunday Night Football against the Broncos. Final score in that one, 22-9. The Chiefs moved to 8-4. and four. The Broncos fall to 6-6. Six and six. But like I said, that's their sixth straight win for the Chiefs. Uh, they've beaten the Giants, the Packers, at the Raiders, the Cowboys, and then the Broncos. They're now sitting at the fourth seed in the AFC and the first in the AFC West. Their upcoming schedule, they play the Raiders in Week 14, at the Chargers in Week 15, then they play the Steelers in week 16 at the Bengals in week 17 and at the Broncos to finish out the year. So sort of kind of, I mean, you play the Chargers and the Bengals. It's not easy. Yeah, that is not an easy schedule going forward. Steelers. Um, yeah, Steelers. <laughs> um, but, and the Raiders, you know, there's, eh, without Darren Waller. Though, Waller's I mean, back. If Waller's yeah, back, he might Waller's be back. back. Yeah, very good point. Um, but, one of the big reasons why the Chiefs have been able to sustain this success over their six-game winning streak is because of their conservative offense that they've had. So if you put it into perspective, I've talked a lot about it this year so far. In 2020, they averaged 8.1 yards per pass attempt, 6.3 average completed air yards, and 8.5 average intended air yards. Those last two are next-gen stats, in case you were wondering. Um, but in 2021, it's a completely different story. 7.1 average yards per attempt, 7.7 or 4.7 average completed yards, which is the fourth least among quarterbacks. So really, you're really seeing it now. And if you just watch the Chiefs play, I mean, you really see it. Like it's a lot of short throws recently, and that's been working for them. I give them a lot of credit. And it's not just on the offensive side that has improved. It really has been the defense that has really showed out for the Chiefs. They're allowing only 11.2 points per game during their winning streak. So with this new look Chiefs offense and the defense playing the way it's playing, are you guys in or out on the Chiefs bandwagon? Jaden, I'll start with you. Um, I'm in. I've been in for a lot longer than most people have this season. I know at the beginning of the season, obviously it was really easy to look at them and say that this is not, you know, this is not a Super Bowl contender, blah, blah, blah. But they're right back in it. And honestly, like I know the new conservative offensive approach has been working great, but the defense is slowly becoming not not only not a weakness, but almost a strength. It's like they're playing really good football right now. I know that the names don't jump out. You've got Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew, but they're they're playing good football. There's just no way around playing it. I mean, inspired. they're Yeah, I mean, they this is once again, how many times do we have to say it? bullying works it works just if 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 something's not working bully the hell out of them on social media that's the beauty of it it's cyber that's the beauty of cyberbullying but they're they're rolling right now we do not and... condone cyberbullying on the blitz podcast disclaimer unless it's unless, <laughs> unless it's, for, it's an yeah, athlete I totally, yeah yeah, yeah I, don't, I, don't, I don't do that totally don't 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 look at the history of my twitter reports and other such things um but yeah i've been on it for a while so i'm gonna stay on it until they give me a reason not to like in week 16 when we play them there you go mitchell you on or off the chief's bandwagon right now 
I'm off. I, yeah. The offense has not been clicking, and there's no goddamn way this defense is going to hold people to 11.2 points per game the rest of the year. The only game in the five games you have listed that impresses me is the game against the Cowboys. They played the Giants. They played the Packers with Jordan Love. They played the Raiders, mm. who are bare on talent anymore, and they Washington. did Washington okay ish Washington, yeah. And the Broncos, who just don't really have an offense, even though Javante Williams hey man, yeah, carved Javante. them up. He carved them up, and that was Dynasty. about all they could do. Uh, adding Melvin Ingram definitely helped. They have somewhat of a pass rush at this point, but you can't rely on Tyron Matthew and Jadarius Sneed all year in the secondary. Eventually, you're going to face a team with good downfield threats, and they're not going to be injured like the Cowboys situation they had going on. Eventually, it's going to catch up to them. The Chargers, the Steelers, the Bengals, they all have good receivers, and even though the Steelers do not have a good offensive line hey, whatsoever, I think they might be able to expose the secondary somewhat. Uh, I think this is probably just me being hopeful coming out of this. I think we might be able to sneak past them on the Thursday night game because we did beat them on the road already, and then we have them at home. Which is so that game. is an added bonus. Eh, the it's not Arrowhead, but it's not well, They're way game. too new of a – they're way too new of a team to have that big of a fan base of just bandwagoners. That's a, the bandwagon effect. You know, that's how it is. Uh, count me, count me in on the Chiefs bandwagon. All right. No. And hear me out here. I totally, 100%, hands down, agree yes, with Yes, they're going to suck now. <laughs> <laughs> I 100%, I 100% agree with Mitchell's point that this defense, this will not sustain. They have not played a high level of competition on the offensive side of the ball. So this defense will not hold it together. But I think the thing that makes me feel like I want to hop on the Chiefs bandwagon is the ability to adjust. Like, I really didn't think that this team had the ability to adjust midseason from an offense that was so drastic to a conservative offense. And when that offense wasn't working, I was like, call him out. This is done. TK up. But now that Andy Reid has really shown the ability to completely turn around this team, I mean, this offense, completely new look, really proves to me that this Chiefs team has the ability to adjust midseason, and they will have the ability to adjust going forward. So if they, you know, I just – that it, I really – I'm hopping on the Chiefs bandwagon. That's all I got to say. So I can't doubt them anymore, bro. That's really what it comes down to. I'm tired of betting against them and being wrong. That's also very true. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that does it for our on or off the bandwagon segment. Uh, let's dive into the other games that we had this past Sunday, and let's run through them really quickly. Uh, you've got the Buccaneers coming out on top of the Falcons, 30-17. to 17. The win puts the Buccaneers at 9-3. The loss puts the Falcons at 5-7. and seven. And Brady threw four touchdowns in this game to basically cement himself atop the MVP ranks. Uh, the Cardinals end up catching the dub over the Bears, 33-3. The Cardinals move to 10-2 with the win. And Kyler looked awesome in his return. He goes for four total touchdowns with two rushing and two passing. 
Uh, next game that we got is a bad beat for Tyler. Uh, the Lions catch their first win of the year uh, on a game-winning drive led by Jared Goff. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown made the game-winning catch. It was really cool to see that, bro. Honestly, I was really happy for the Lions. Like, just seeing Jared Goff lift his hands up like that and then run over to Dan Campbell and give him a hug. How can you not be romantic about football? So, go Lions. Next game we got the Eagles end up catching the dub over the Jets 33 to 18. The win moves the Eagles to six and seven. Uh, Jalen Hurts was ruled out before game time in this one. So Gardner Minshew had to step in and he throws for 242 yards and two touchdowns. Um, the Colts end up catching the dub over the Texans, shutting them out 31 to zero. The Colts moved to seven to six with the dubs and Jonathan Taylor continues to make his case for offensive player of the year and possibly MVP. He goes for 32 carries, 143 yards and two touchdowns. And the last game we got is the Rams getting back on track, beating down the Jaguars 37 to seven. The Rams moved eight and four in their win and OBJ made an OBJS touchdown catch. And that one, which we haven't seen in a while and did the little self-revive thing at the end. So that was cool to see. All right, guys. Well, a segment that I'd like to bring back for my return on the Monday episode is the Game Balls segment, which we give out. We haven't, I haven't heard it be done in a while. Yeah, we haven't. Yeah. Is Presley Harvey getting yours? Hmm? Is Presley Harvey getting yours? Did you all, did you not see that pun he had? I wish, I wish, I wish I could give it out. To <laughs> Did he fucking again. graze the pylon? It was fantastic. Hey man, it's enough that and I'm giving it to one Steelers player. Followed it up with like a 25 player. yard punt. <laughs> it's enough that I'm giving it to one Steelers player. Never bro. seen Don't... an inconsistent punter before. It's fantastic. There you go. All right. Well, let's hop into game balls, and I will go first. My game ball of the week that was week 13 is Mr. Big Ben Roethlisberger, dude. Announcing, or he didn't announce it, but it came out this week that it was going to be his last season in Pittsburgh. And in his last home matchup against the Ravens, comes down in the clutch and wins a game for him. And was super cool to watch. It's like you could tell how nervous he was. And then he throws the touchdown and he's like, he looks up to the sky and he's like, I read his, I read his word, like lips. He was like, thank you, Lord, so much. Like, thank, like, he was just like praying like, to the sky. And I was like, and then you watched him during the Ravens drive on his knee, like watching the whole game. And then when it ends, like you see him erupt. And I just love to see that, bro. I love to see that. So big Ben Roethlisberger is my game ball of the week. Good stuff. Catching the dub in a game where it's possibly your last home game against the Ravens. So. All right. Well, now that that my game ball is over, Jaden, what you got for your game ball of the week? So mine is a pretty feel good story and it's Gardner Minshew. He gets his shot. Jalen Hurts being injured, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately, because he did, you know, get to play and win. But 242, two touchdowns. He was perfect through like his first, what, like 18 pass attempts, something crazy like that. Um. And like you saw the, I'm sure people have seen the video, like his dad and they're like, mm-hmm. each other, like, you know, all hype wearing stuff. the top gun jacket yeah. too. You got to love Gardner. Yeah. That yeah. was so cool. Uh, it kind of is unfortunate though, that, well, not unfortunate because he will probably end up somewhere else, but because there's no way they're going to keep him as a third straight quarterback, but I think they're going to end up looking to draft a quarterback this year. Uh, 
I would have loved to have him in Pittsburgh for a sixth round pick, but now me too, with, man. With, That's what I was with, telling my roommate. He's an Eagles fan, and I was like, I wish we had a Gardner Minshew. With one game playing well <laughs> against the Jets, he's probably worth like a third or fourth now. So that's great. Yeah, good for Gardner. Mitchell, your game ball of the week, who would be? I'm going to go with the guy who got his first win of the year, Jared Goff. He actually looked like he might have been worth half of his contract he's currently getting right now. Three for 296, three touchdowns, one very boneheaded fumble towards the end of the game. But he played well enough to overcome that. And honestly, it's a miracle that he was able to overcome any team in the NFL with this Lions offense. And they managed to pull out their first one of the year and, and a huge week overall for the state of Michigan. Oh, yeah, for sure. After without DeAndre walk. Swift, and that's his first win without Sean McVay. There you go. Jeez, man. Poor good Jared Goff. You know he has a swimsuit, uh, Sports Illustrated girlfriend? thought that was – Jared Goff. I know, poor guy. He's getting paid like forty million dollars yeah. a year and has a swimsuit model girlfriend. God know, bless that him. Sucks, poor guy. Hope he's doing okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's dive into the last thing that we have to cover in this podcast, and that is the Thursday night football preview. Which unfortunately, Tyler will not be with us to preview this game being that it's his Vikings against Jaden Steelers. You got the six, five, and one Steelers at the Minnesota Vikings. We're sitting at five and seven. So a couple things to watch in this game. Alexander Madison takes over the prime running back duties for the second week in a row. Uh, Dalvin Cook out with injury right now. Is he expected to be out this week and possibly another week after this? But there is some optimism for not this coming week, but the week after that. Um, Madison against Detroit, 22 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. And he's going up against the Steelers defense that just allowed Devontae Freeman to almost run over them. And they are 26th against the run this year, allowing 130.9 rushing yards per game. Um, Next thing to watch in this game is Deontay Johnson looks to take advantage of a sorry Minnesota secondary. Uh, I was hyping up Deontay Johnson earlier, and I will do it again here. He has 10 or more targets in seven of his last nine games. Isn't that insane? He has like, and more recently, it's been like 14, 13, 14. It's like, wow, that's fucking crazy. (laughs) But he has more than 95 receiving yards in four of his last six games, and he is the number seven wide receiver in PPR scoring this year and like i said he's going up against that sorry minnesota secondary that is 31st against wide receivers this year allowing 197.6 yards per game and they've allowed the third most touchdowns to wide receivers as well at 15 final thing to watch in this game is tj watts we've talked a lot about him so far this pod i'll talk a little about a little bit more about him here Uh, He looks to break through the Vikings offensive line that has allowed only six sacks or (laughs) allowed only six sacks has allowed only 18 sacks so far this year, which makes Kirk Cousins the sixth least sacked quarterback in the league so far this year. So I think there's a chance that TJ Watt changes that though. (laughs) Uh, The game picks let's dive into it. The spread for this game, Minnesota minus three. Uh, the money lines, Minnesota minus 170, Pittsburgh plus 145. And I will go ahead with my pick first. 
I'm taking Steelers on the spread in the money line, dog. The Vikings just lost to the Lions. That's all that I need. Okay, Jaden. And the last time that I picked a run dominant team against a bad run defense, uh, they got blown out by 20 points on Sunday. So I won't do it again. Give me Steelers. Jaden. Who are you talking about when you say that? Bengals. Bengals. Oh, right, right, right. Terrible run defense. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know because I still don't trust the Steelers team. And like I said, like I, I picked up Devontae Freeman this week and I told myself that I'm going to deal with all of the pain that it's going to bring me because I'm going to have to root for Raven while we play this Ravens. And it cashed for me. I will definitely be taking Madison on his over for rushing and receiving yards, but I think I'm going to take the Steelers on both the spread of the money line. Hey, there we go. Mitchell, what you got? Yeah, I'm going to stick with Pittsburgh on money line and the spread. I just think that there's a lot of injuries on this defense. Everson Griffith being a psychological maniac right now and not with the team leaves them with no pass rush. And there's a potential that they could be out with both linebackers. Luckily, Patrick Peterson's coming back, so that'll stop some of the bleeding in the secondary. But there's just so many injuries right now. And I I guarantee Tyre could attest to that right now with this team. And at this point, he might honestly be hoping for a tank at this point. (laughs) But this Steelers team is starting to find their stride. They're making things interesting in the AFC. You got to kind of like what they're doing, especially with Big Bun on his so-called last dance, like Aaron Rodgers is doing, except he's just done compared to leaving his team. You kind of got to root. Ah, as much as I don't like the Steelers, you kind of got to root for Big Ben in his last year. You like the Steelers? Nobody likes the Steelers. Listen, if you look I don't past like the Steelers either, if you look past. The receivers that we had (laughs) and the allegations that were never confirmed. That's what they are. Allegations. (laughs) The allegations that were never confirmed at the quarterback position. I mean, (laughs) we're cool. Najee's cool. I feel like I feel like Najee cancels out Ben. Come on. My Ben hate has stopped. I'm done. Yeah, I on his last dance too. Has minuscule effect. Fully supporting. Oh. Question I wanted to ask you, Jaden, really quickly. Um, oh boy, do you? I know that the, the Big Ben worded this. the The whole thing, this, the whole way this thing is worded, is interesting because it says that he has informed the team that this will be his last season in Pittsburgh. Does that mean that he's going to go to another team after this year? Um. Well, to put it lightly, him. I don't. <laughs> I don't know who's going to take him in. So, like this, the reason I imagine some team will take a shot. Who? At, like, the Texans. I don't know. Like, yeah, the Texans. <laughs> the, the Texans. I mean, what upside does that provide to a team that's trying to lose games right now? There's no, like, the reason Big Ben is playing right now is because A, Mason Rudolph is the backup, and B, because he's played for the franchise for the last 16 years and we owe him that. Like, that's, you know, that's pretty much it. And we gave him all that money game his last shot he's retiring after this unless he goes play in the fucking cfl he's done playing football okay i think at least i think he'll definitely try to pursue it 
I don't know. But, I don't see a. I don't see any reason. The same why way he that Re- Philip. Yeah. I mean, Phil did it. Yeah. Yeah, but Philip yeah, was Phil. a better what than Big Ben is right now, and there was, was a situation he? that he could slide into. Phil I mean, that was really rough. good with Indianapolis, I mean, he, though. Yeah, that's because he had an amazing offensive line. I'm trying to think like what opportunity is there? Not that Pittsburgh is this like golden place to be, but what better opportunity is there than to be in Pittsburgh right now? Also, something that you didn't consider that Philip Rivers, Rivers stayed ready. And I imagine that he's still staying ready right now, but he was staying ready when all the quarterback injuries were happening earlier in the season. Like he talked to Chris Mortensen and he was like, Oh yeah, I'm staying ready. I'm ready for the call. Like I think big Ben's going to be the same situation. Talking about new Orleans. I I don't know if new Orleans called him or he called new Orleans, but I know that there was conversation between the two of them. Yeah. But my point is that I think you could see a similar situation with Ben, like he's done, but if you need a old, sorry ass quarterback, I'm here. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know why I just called him. I would, sorry I would literally, I would literally kill myself. Yeah, I, I know. Just, That's I what I'm saying. Like, why would you? Yeah. I why? Be able to live with life. There you go. That's a good way to end the podcast. Go Cleveland. That's a good <laughs> offensive line. There you go. That would, in division that two. Would break my soul. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ending gang. Yeah. All right, gang. Let's get off the, uh, the Ben, the pig Ben allegations, huh? Let's conclude this podcast. So with that, we are your hosts, or I'm your host, joined by Jaden Kozak and Mitchell McDonald. Uh, we will be back with our Friday episode recorded on Thursday night, as always. Um, yeah, good luck with anybody's prop bets and if you are a Steelers and Vikings fan on Thursday. So with that, we will catch you on Friday. Peace. <laughs>